Life Happens with Ayanda Ali Payne. Millions of people around the world will stand in solidarity to raise awareness on the negative impact of smoking tobacco. That's uh, this Friday, the 31st of May marks World No Tobacco Day. And uh, this year, the theme is tobacco and lung health. The day is also aimed at advocating for effective policies to reduce tobacco consumption. And uh, it's also uh, in a bid to engage stakeholders across multiple sectors in the fight for tobacco control. From uh, cancer to chronic respiratory disease, tobacco can be very damaging to the lungs. I've said this before. You've heard this before. This is nothing new. Um, but let's talk a little bit about some of the myths that exist and some of the developments in that regard. You know, um, some people have advocated for e-cigarettes or vaping. You know, are those helpful? Are they not helpful? Let's have that discussion. Are you a smoker? Do you want to talk to us a little bit about some of the benefits of smoking that you found or some of the challenges of trying to quit or just how harmful it's been for you? Uh, give us a call in studio 614 4107 if you'd like to uh oh, that's the whatsapp number but if you'd like to call us in studio 0891104207 we're also on twitter at uh, um uh, life happens a hashtag is life happens um so so make sure that you get in touch with us uh, talk to us about what you're going through this is a safe zone no judgment zone we're just here to make sure that we're healthier ne? a little closer to home e-cigarette market is growing steadily and while anecdotal evidence suggests that South African children and teens are as attracted to vaping as their global counterparts. Research on the local e-cigarette youth market is lagging. So what do we do? Hmm? That's according to Zanelem Tembu, Development and Public Health Consultant for the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, says the country may be sitting on a silent epidemic, which uh, could worsen given the fact that major e-cigarette companies are eyeing the continent for market expansion opportunities. Oh dear me. So to talk us through all of this and make sense of the stats, the numbers, and just how severe the problem is. We're joined by Patricia Lambert. She's the director of the International Legal Consortium at Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. Patricia, thank you so much for availing yourself. Thank you. Hello, Ayanda. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about the importance of World No Tobacco Day. I mean, what's the significance of that day? The World Health Organization designates days to make us remember, uh, to pause, to think about some of the health harms that are out there in the world today. And tobacco is probably one of the number one health harms in the world. I don't like throwing statistics around because I think people stop hearing them after a while. Mm. But I think this is a day to pause and think. Friday will be a day at least to pause and think of exactly how much harm tobacco does. So there are still 8 million deaths caused by tobacco every year. And this, the alarming thing about this is we've known at least since the 1950s that tobacco causes death. Half of the people who pick up tobacco use will die sooner or later from its consequences. About 13 life years on average from every person who smokes, that's a lot. And it's not just the smokers I under. There are about a million deaths every year from secondhand smoke. Mm. So this is people who do not smoke. Many of them um, have been affected as children in homes with smokers and they get ill and die 
having never smoked, but having been forced through a lack of public policy mm. to absorb other people's tobacco smoke. Do you know, how far have we come? You do speak about this as an almost age-old problem. I mean, we've dealt with this, you know, for years. Uh, there was a time when people used to smoke as newsreaders live on air. There was a time when it was punted on television and movies, etc. We've progressed somewhat. I think no newsreader would dare to smoke <laughs> on air. Um, but we still are dealing with, with issues when it comes to that. You know, there's still those who transgress when it comes to packaging. It's supposed to be plain and simple packaging. But we're seeing more colourful and attractive packaging that's even attractive to teenagers and kids which is also problematic so as far as you're concerned how far have we progressed really in raising awareness i think we're progressing at a faster rate than ever before Mm -hmm. but i have to say there still remains particularly in south africa and in africa very much to be done i think one of the greatest marks of our progress is that the world's first international public health treaty Mm. which has been adopted by 181 governments, is called the Framework Convention on Tobacco Control. It was negotiated between 2000 and 2003 under the auspices of the World Health Organization. Mm. And South Africa, too, is bound by that treaty. Now, what that treaty did that is so important was it took the scientific evidence that was out there of what tobacco did to people's health and their well-being, what tobacco cost people in terms of money out Mm. of their own pockets, Mm -hmm. and in low- and middle-income countries, what tobacco costs to development. And it bundled all of these into a package of measures which form the basis of tobacco control. So 100% smoke-free areas no designated smoking areas because we can't protect people if there are designated smoking areas. Mm. If you think of a a restaurant that has a designated smoking area, what about the workers who have to go into that space? They're in danger of secondhand smoke. They're in danger of so many things. Are we saying, as policymakers that the lives of those people are somehow less important Mm. than everybody else's life. So you strive for 100% smoke-free places. That now, if the um, new tobacco control bill goes through parliament, Mm -hmm. that would include outdoor spaces. You know, South Africa is a beautiful country and we love to eat outdoors. But if you're wanting to eat outdoors and somebody's going to light up a cigarette right next to you, for the lives of yourself, your children, you wouldn't sit next to that person. So that's a progress. Then we need um, plain packaging of tobacco products with pictorial health warnings. Mm. South Africa, so not just uh, you know words anymore. Nope, we must not see just the picture of that, uh, that fried lung, as it were. Absolutely. Yeah. There is scientific evidence to prove that these measures actually work. Mm. There are 15 countries in the world that now have standardized packaging. So a standardized package not only has a picture of an associated lung disease or an associated ill from tobacco use. But that picture should be large and in color. And that's important for South Africa because there are varying levels of literacy in South Africa. So how do you know that your public health messages are getting across if you deliver them only in words? Mm. What if you deliver them only in English? 
Yeah. There are questions to be asked yeah. about that, yeah. Yeah. whereas the pictures are going to speak to many people. Yeah. The branding of tobacco products, uh, the, the logos, particularly on packs of the tobacco industry, there's now been sufficient research to say that those branded packs actually attract people, mm. including mm-hmm. young people. Yeah. Yeah. So the move would be to have a package of cigarettes, if you can imagine it as I describe it, in a really drab sort of olive olive brown color, and then for the low for the name of the brand of the cigarette to be in a uniform font size, mm-hmm. and all cigarette packs would have the same uniform font size, and that would list the brand of that particular tobacco product, and almost sort of 75, 80, it depends, it varies from country, mm. 80 to 80, 88% of what is called the real estate of the package. Because for the tobacco industry, that's advertising real estate. Yep, yep. And that's what you want to take away. So that real estate on the box, that would be taken up by warnings and messages about health and tobacco use. Now, that's not going to go down without a fight, as you can imagine. So I would assume, you know, those who are pro-tobacco, primarily those who manufacture, who sell, um, who advertise, like you said, will speak of some of the economic benefits of tobacco, the jobs that are created in the industry um, and the like. They'll speak of the fact that if you make the branding uh, so bland and so uniform that brands will struggle to differentiate each other from or from the, each other and that it will give way to illegal cigarettes who don't pay a tax in a particular country because I can easily clone then that brand and just put the label there and uh, Bob's your uncle I'm now selling that but lastly they will then argue that we're living in a nanny state that wants to Goodness, police people's eating habits, people's smoking habits, and what next? You know, when we go to bed, how we brush our hair. So, you know, if you were to package all of that, what would your response be to those who are looking at these interventions and thinking, my goodness, this is too much? Well, I would say that governments have a responsibility uh, to every citizen Mm -hmm. to inform them about the dangers of consumer products. You will often hear commercial entities that manufacture or supply tobacco products say, we have a right to freedom of expression. Mm -hmm. Well, there is an enormous difference between commercial expression and political expression. And that's actually co-opting the rights language, which we have so gloriously enshrined in our own constitution Mm -hmm. for commercial purposes. And that was not the intent. That is not the intent and it cannot be the intent. Mm. The intent of freedom of speech is so that people can express themselves politically without coming to any harm. Commercial speech is a different beast altogether Mm. and that can and should be regulated by government. You don't see advertising for guns. Mm. Government is regulating that. So it is perfectly possible for governments to regulate freedom of speech when it is of commercial speech. To some of the other arguments, the job losses, uh, as a civil society organization working for advocacy and tobacco control, we chart industry actions around the world. And we're very aware that most of the job loss, if not all of it, uh, certainly in Africa, 
comes from mechanization, for example. So whenever government is going to pass a tobacco control law that is scientifically and legally valid, we have the same arguments coming up in country after country. They do not differ. In the last uh, 12 years, the International Legal Consortium has given help to over 90 governments Mm. to uh, write new or improved tobacco control legislation. And there is not one of those governments that hasn't faced exactly the same kind of arguments that South Africa will face. And we can refute all of them. So aside from mechanization and freedom of speech, the other hoary old chestnut will be illicit trade in tobacco products. Okay. So there is no doubt that illicit trade in tobacco products is a problem. Mm. But it's not a problem that can be su- that can be solved by not regulating tobacco products. It's a problem that is solved solved by enforcement, by proper tracking and tracing of tobacco products. That's how you deal with illicit trade. You don't hold good health law hostage because there's an enforcement problem. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. Wonderful. So we have a caller. I can see the call coming through. We also have a WhatsApp message. Just wanting to delve a little deeper into this conversation. So Patricia, I'm going to ask us to take a quick ad break. We're back with more in just a moment. Stay with us. Life Happens with Ayanda Ali Payne. Let's continue our conversation now with Patricia Lambert, Director of the International Legal Consortium at Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. We're talking, of course, in the build-up to the 31st of May, which is this Friday, where we mark World No Tobacco Day. We have a call from Janus. Janus is calling us from the mother city. A very good afternoon to you. Welcome to the show. What would you like to say, Janus? Good afternoon, Ayanda. First of all, I love your music you're playing. Your songs have got a value, have got a meaning. It's very nice to be in the time when you've got your presentation. Thank you uh, for listening, Janus. Welcome. Yes, continue. Talking about the cigarettes and the effect, I started smoking when I was 14 years old. It was cool to smoke, you know. This was the time when everybody smoked, and when you didn't, you were out of the circuit. So, so when I was 19, I was smoking about 35, 40 cigarettes per day. Sure. It's quite heavy stuff. And uh, and then my first job after the after the school, I worked in the hospital, and I saw the effect uh, of the cigarettes, of the of the lung diseases, all of this. It was tragedy. Mm. And then when I saw it, I stopped smoking. But because of the effect, it's not good enough to write on the package that this is the danger, that and that. You know, people will see that and say, ah, doesn't, maybe I'm not going to be affected as much. Also, I had a worker who worked with me uh, for quite a long time and was trying to discourage him. And eventually I managed by showing him how much money he is losing for this few yep. during the day. Yep. So it was also effective. But I think we should see more movies, more exposure when the people will see the effect, effect of the people who really smoking that this this is diseases, cigarettes, and, and perhaps we just discourage them to stop. 
Yep, yep. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, if you, if if the health factor doesn't convict people, uh, then uh, try and uh, use, of course, the monetary uh, value of smoking and show them how much they're losing and uh, you show them how much it hits their pocket. And they may just change their minds. Janus, thank you very much for calling. Shall we go to Durban? Uh, that's where we find Chris this afternoon. Chris, welcome to you. Thank you so much for giving us a call. What would you like to say? Hi, good afternoon. How are you? Mm, very well. Thank you, Chris. Go right ahead. Um, I was reading something, I was actually reading about the, the sugar tax um, the other day, and, and an article that I came across was with regards to how taxes and, and um, impact on sales of certain goods. And the article that I was reading also spoke about what, what um, your speaker has been speaking about, the branding of cigarettes. Um, and in this article, it mentioned that Australia now for a number of years has had products or cigarette products, tobacco products that have not been branded yet they've seen an increase in the amount of people, especially especially young people, who have been smoking cigarettes in particular. So I just wanted to know, she said she doesn't really like talking about statistics, but are there statistics that she can provide for us that actually show that non-branding of cigarettes um, does reduce the amount of cigarette use? Thank you very much for that question, Chris. And uh, before I let Pat answer, I think it uh, resonates with what Mr. B is saying uh, via WhatsApp, uh, giving us a, a message via WhatsApp coming from PE saying, if you take away the branding of cigarettes, then why not do exactly the same with fast food outlets who do more damage to the youth than smoking does? So let's maybe look at the significance of uh, removing branding and just making it plain and simple. Is that an effective strategy? Um, Chris would like to know the numbers. It absolutely is an effective strategy. Mm-hmm. The uh, When Australia introduced plain packaging or standardized packaging, which removes branding, they were the first country in the world to do so. And they knew how controversial this would be. So the Australian government uh, did a great deal of research, evidence-based and peer-reviewed research that measured Uh, trends in smoking among youth, among um, women, among men, and in different subgroups. They then introduced plain packaging, which, of course, the tobacco industry challenged in the domestic courts and in the international courts and in the World Trade Organization. Mm -hmm. And the, the tobacco industry lost all of those court cases. It was a, they were all, each and every one, stunning victories for health and for uh, tobacco control. The, after the plain packs had been in, on the market, uh, on shelves, uh, for two and a half years, the Australian government redid some of the initial surveys that they had done before they introduced it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there were fewer people that were beginning to smoke particularly among young people who were looking at the packs and they are just not interested in smoking. Australia is one of the countries that is seeing a steady downward trend. Some of the figures have been manipulated by usually consumer affairs, chambers of commerce people. Mm. But if you dig through and really scrutinize that research, it's shaping numbers to what they should not be because the the reduce uh, the reduce the reduction in tobacco use is absolutely there. Yeah, and just to throw a spanner in the works, uh, answering uh, Mr. B's question, saying, "Look, you know, 
uh, fast food outlets, you know, should also not be branded because they do more damage. Others may argue that uh, alcohol consumption is worse than tobacco because it causes road collisions and the like. Um, why not turn your attention there? I mean, smoking really is a personal decision. People know what they're getting themselves into. Why all this fuss? No, people don't know what they're getting into. We've been putting out health messages for decades and decades. So why do people still start smoking? Mm. For young people particularly, it's a tragedy because it's very often peer pressure. So we have to continually refresh the messages, continually study how we communicate, particularly with young people. There is a real theory um, substantiated by science. A cigarette is a highly engineered product. It has thousands of chemicals in it. And there is belief that the only cigarette that you smoke of your own free will is the first one. The tobacco industry has has, uh, engineered the cigarettes to uh, develop nicotine receptors Mm. in the brain. Mm -hmm. So particularly in the brains of young people, the younger they start smoking, the more addicted they become. Mm. And that is the point of the product. That is what keeps the sales going. And I suppose one could argue that alcohol and maybe fast foods do not have a similar effect. I'm going to try and see if we Mm. we can squeeze in a last call from Reba. Reba is giving us a call from Claxtorp. Please make it fast lest I lose my job. Very well, thank you. How are you, Reba? I'm good. Yes, go ahead. I'm I'm just going to make them one of the most unpopular comments Mm -hmm. regarding alcohol and and, and, uh, cigarettes. Oh, let me not, let me not say unpopular. I'm saying the not common, the not so common comment. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why the drugs like mentrex and others, even the the the, the, the cannabis uh, marijuana in in other countries are banned, is because they are bad for the people, right? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. For the health. And we we know what alcohol does to other people. I think alcohol. I'm not saying that. I'm just talking, talking generally. We know what alcohol does to people. We know what cigarettes does to people, but why are they are they not banned? Yeah, thanks for that question, Riba. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to rush you very quickly, Pat. If maybe you could answer that as as briefly as possible, why not an outright ban altogether? The the only product that has been banned outright was alcohol in the United States, and what it led led to was bootleg alcohol and a rise in the mafia. Moonshine. Moonshine. All right. Very quickly, how do we get a hold of you for those who are looking for more information, those who would like to work with you and partner with you in one way or another? I can be reached on um, plambert at tobaccofreekids.org. plambert at tobaccofreekids.org. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Ayanda. It brings our time to a minute past two.